Hello. Um, yeah, hi, Stacy Nicholson here. Hi, Dr. Nicholson. You've got Scott Becker and Grace Keller, our wonderful producer. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, no, happy to. I appreciate the opportunity. No, a pleasure. Good. I will um, tee us up and just enjoy yourself. This should be 15 minutes and the least stressful 15 minutes you have this week, this year, for a long time, we promise. Excellent. Excellent. Glad, glad to hear it. Happy, happy to help. <clears throat> no, thank you so much. I'll tee us up. Grace, can you hear me okay? Yep, you're good now. Phenomenal. Thank you. Three, two, one. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by the leader of Atrium Health Children's Hospital Children's Program. He's going to talk about the exact role with Dr. Stacy Nicholson, who's got a magnificent reputation. Dr. Nicholson, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us about sort of points of pride in children's health at Atrium? Then we'll talk about what trends you're watching in pediatrics. Where are you most focused this year? What advice you give to emerging leaders and more? Dr. Nicholson? Great, Scott. Thank you so much. And I'm so glad to be with you here today. So um, I am the, the physician lead uh, for the enterprise at Atrium Health and the chair of pediatrics uh, at Levine Children's Hospital in Charlotte. Um, I'm a pediatric oncologist by background, and I've been at Atrium for about five years. So Levine Children's is, is a 236-bed children's hospital here at Atrium Health in Charlotte, and, and we are developing uh, a healthcare system for children, which is really a full-service um, uh, healthcare system. In fact, at our flagship children's hospital, Levine Children in Charlotte, uh, we do everything for children other than uh, lung transplants and small bowel transplants. So we're, we've developed uh, a full-spectrum uh, Children's Hospital here that is also destination care. And we have a large primary care network as well, which, which is great. Uh, we now have three children's hospitals in the system. Uh, in addition to Levine Children's in Charlotte, uh, Brenner Children's Hospital, which is part of Wake Forest Baptist Health traditionally. Uh, now Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist uh, joined in 2020. And the Beverly Knight Olson Children's Hospital, uh, part of uh, Atrium Health Navicent Health, uh, joined us in May, uh, in uh, this, the winter of 2019. So we are currently developing a healthcare system for children all across the Southeast, uh, and and we want to be a leading system for children um, because that's the kind of care they deserve, care that people would travel from across the country for, both in primary care where you know our, our job is to produce healthy adults. And in specialty care, where um, we treat kids with serious illnesses, and I think there's some advantages to being part of a system uh, like Levine Children's, as opposed to many of our, our great colleagues in, in freestanding children's hospital, uh, in that we have the advantage of being part of a larger system. We can deliver care that's best in class at the beginning of childhood, uh, like fetal diagnostics and fetal care, as well as the end of childhood that is transitioned to adult, adult health care, which is a bit of an issue in many, many children's hospitals around the country. Talk about what you are particularly proud of. Then I want to ask you a couple of questions about your journey to Levine Children, yeah. your journey to Atrium Health. And the Levines must have been great benefactors. I know they're also, the Levine Cancer Center is also named after the Levine families. Whoever the Levines are, God bless them. But, but tell us, Dr. Nicholson, what are a couple of particular points of pride in the Atrium Health Children's System? And I do want to ask you about your journey that brought you to Atrium Health. Yeah, great. So, so points of pride here. We're, we're particularly proud of uh, one. I'll start on the primary care side. We have about 160 pediatricians that are deployed across 11 counties around Charlotte here. 
uh, delivering healthcare in some urban areas uh, and suburban areas, and then really in some rural uh, areas. And you know, rural healthcare is is really quite challenging uh, uh, these days. And then here at Levine Children's, we have developed. Uh, I'll start with a couple of programs. Our heart program uh, last year performed 19 heart transplants uh, for children. That was the largest number in the Southeast, uh, as far as I know, uh, and, and one of the largest numbers uh, in, in the country, and all with 100% survival. Um, so great heart program here. Our cancer program um, is doing amazing work and, and currently leading um, a healthcare consortium for clinical trials uh, that includes about 50 hospitals uh, across the, the country, Canada, and, and some international sites. So I'm really proud of the specialty care that, again, children are actually coming to Charlotte uh, to receive and in that primary uh, care uh, network. You mentioned the Levines. I'll just mention Leon and Sandra Levine are our benefactors. Um, and you mentioned that um, both Levine Children's Hospital and Levine Cancer Institute have benefited from their um, great generosity. Um, Leon Levine grew up in a small town very near Charlotte, and he founded the Family Dollar Store uh, in the uh, in the late 1950s, uh, and uh, and and really developed that uh, store from scratch. And that was the source of the funds that he has used to such great effect here in Charlotte. And and I I came to Levine Children's um, uh, five years ago uh, from Phoenix Children's Hospital, where I was for for two and a half years. I started out at Children's National in DC where I trained in pediatrics and pediatric hematology and oncology. Stayed there as part of the brain tumor program for about six or seven years, and then spent the bulk of my career at Oregon Health and Science University uh, in, in Portland, Oregon, where I was um, I ran the, the children's cancer program for a while as, and then was chair of pediatrics for about a decade. I came to Levine Children's because I was so impressed with the people here what had been accomplished uh, at that time about after about only 10 years, we're only a 15-year-old children's hospital now, uh, and I saw enormous, uh, enormous uh, potential, and I love the people here. So that's really what drew me to Charlotte was the potential and the people. Phenomenal. What a great set of institutions that you've held from. Talk for a moment about, Dr. Nicholson, what are the big trends you watch in pediatrics? What are the things that sort of, as a leader of the pediatric system, you're thinking about? What are the big trends, the big issues? Yeah, great, great question, Scott. And and one thing that that's universal and 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 has been the case for as long as I've been in children's healthcare, and just gets more and more uh, every year, is the need for folks who work in children's healthcare to be strong voices for children and to advocate for children. They don't have a very strong voice in our society. Health insurance, in particular, is tied to employment, full-time employment, uh, and one in three children in the United States lives in a household where no adult holds a full-time job. So. They're particularly reliant on Medicaid and the uh, children's health care insurance programs. Uh, and so we want we need to be a strong advocate for them. Also, the care for children, particularly children with complex disease, gets increasingly uh, complex over the decades because as we have more and more success, there's complications of therapy that we need to deal with in addition to the underlying, um, underlying uh, illnesses. And then uh, we also need to work with our adult uh, partners to give good landing spots for them. For instance, there are now more adults with congenital heart disease than there are children with congenital heart disease. Those adult uh, providers need to know how to take care of them. Cystic fibrosis, which when I was in training in the 80s, had about a 20-year life expectancy. The life expectancy for those individuals now is actually pretty close to normal. And so adult uh, providers need to take care of them. 
And then I would finally say that uh, the behavioral health needs, uh, the mental health needs of children um, is, is, is growing. Uh, and the pandemic certainly had a, a big impact on that, kind of accelerated that trend, if you will. Uh, and then um, we also know that, that kids who have serious illness um, uh, need uh, particularly uh, help in, in behavioral health. And um, I'm really proud that here at Levine Children's, we have psychologists in almost every pediatric specialty at this point in time. You know, it's, it's a fascinating set of issues. And, and the thing that you said first struck me as something that was just, um, that should be intuitive that I didn't really think through that so many people's healthcare is tied to their job and their insurance. And because so many kids are in households without a parent that's got a full-time job and health insurance, those children end up without sort of adequate insurance you know, or at least in some states have good Medicaid programs, but could easily end up in gaps without serious health care due to, you know, it, perhaps no fault of the family, but for sure no fault of the children regardless. So it's a fascinating, fascinating perspective. I've not heard it spoken that way. Dr. Nicholson, take a moment and talk about, you know, your big priorities this year. What, what are you focused on this year? What are the big priorities? Yes, yeah, so our big priorities uh, here at Levine Children's um, is, is to continue our work uh, in integrating the children's hospitals that have come into Atrium Health over the last uh, three years, particularly in integrating with our new partners at Wake Forest uh, at, at Brenner Children's Hospital there. We've, we're already providing some cross coverage across both our campuses, and we're only about 80 miles apart, about an hour and 15 minutes. We have determined that we are going to integrate the cardiac programs into a single program with two sites, and so that work is beginning. We've added transport capabilities so that we can transfer children back and forth between our campuses and also uh, reserve referring healthcare systems into the Carolinas uh, better uh, and, and continue to focus uh, strongly on serving the families and children of, of this region. And then in our Georgia uh, Children's Hospital in Macon, uh, we are uh, working there to recruit specialists, uh, including some specialties that have never been part of that children's hospital. So uh, the, the growth of uh, services and the um, and the integration with Wake Forest uh, so that we can make both children's hospitals here in the center part of uh, North Carolina better uh, over the next year is, I would say, our, our biggest work. Phenomenal. And you also sort of had had this, um, you know, a great career and an evolving career Talk about what advice you would give to physician leaders, particularly physicians that want to be in leadership, that want to do both, be, be great physicians and be great physician leaders. What are a few pieces of advice you give to somebody who, who, who wants to have this kind of career that you've had? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to do that because I've benefited certainly from great advice and great mentorship over my career. So first, you gotta, you got to prepare. Um, you got to know your field, whether that's the field of medicine you're in. But you also got to understand leadership skills, and you may not need to get a degree in, in, in business or in leadership, but you need to absolutely uh, be able to speak the language and build those skills. I also say, you know, you need to build relationships because you, you have to personally know what you need to know, but you also need to know who can help you, who you can go to for advice. I would also say for those people who are in healthcare, uh, like myself, um, you need to stop and remind yourself almost on a daily basis how blessed you are to work in healthcare and to work in a field, particularly where you're taking care of children uh, and families are, are relying on you to take care of the most precious uh, beings in their lives. And it, it's really a blessing to work in healthcare. I think that's incredibly important because it's not always easy and you need to have that internal motivation. 
One thing I would also point out is that on a day-to-day basis in leadership, um, unlike patient care, you don't see progress often. Um, so, you know, you, you take care of a patient, you deliver a treatment, they get better, you get that instant gratification from that. But in leadership, you have to pause every three to six months and look backwards and realize that you actually, you and your team actually got some things done and, and to really celebrate that. And then while I'm thinking of teams, take care of your people because um, healthcare is hard, being in leadership is hard. And so make sure that um, if you take care of your people, they'll do a good job taking care of the patients. Seek out mentors and make, even if they don't know who they are, make sure you have a personal board of directors that you can count on to tell you what you need to hear, even if you don't want to hear it. No, I, I think it's I think it's fascinating. When, when you talked about, for example, in leadership, it's in often that you get that immediate gratification where you do something and somebody says, thank you for your leadership, thank you for your help. I mean, it happens periodically. But, but this concept of looking back at a few months and saying, did we integrate in well Brenner Children's? Did that go well? Did that, do we, are we all part of one system? Have we hit our goals in some of the recruiting that we're doing and in and, and specialties and making and, and building that out to be a more uh, significant footprint for specialty care and, and, and subspecialty care and what we're trying to do? And then sort of it's, you know, there will be victories along the way and you probably have to celebrate those. Yes, we, we, we recruited this person. Yes, things are going well at Brenner Children's. But it's not the day-to-day sort of, I did this procedure, this person walked out happy, the parents are thrilled. It's a different kind of gratification than, than that type of thing. It's a fascinating, fascinating perspective. And, and Dr. Isco, did you, did you have to, how did you orient yourself towards leadership, towards starting to think about leadership? Did you do so in a formal way? Did you start just to think more seriously about what does leadership mean as you lead versus do your, you know, do your specialty? How did you start to think about that? Well, I, you know, it, it's one of those um, things where I didn't necessarily get into healthcare in order to go into leadership. And I, I think I, I had some early mentors who saw something in me uh, and, and suggested that this might be part of my future and gave me advice and gave me mentorship to get me on my way. So I, w- I would say it was, um, you know, there, there's some natural ability, I think, there. Uh, but it was really uh, groomed by by very good mentors early on. Phenomenal. And people that saw you and sought you out or saw not, not sought you out, but saw here's someone who seems to have an answer to this, has an interest to it, has curiosity for it, and in a lot of management attention ends up. This is one of the great secrets of life. A lot of management and teacher attention goes to those that show an interest, because people love to work with those that show an interest. Um, that's right. I think showing an interest and then, um, uh, and they, again, mentors are very important and uh, mentors can be both positive and negative. So, you know, you learn, you're, you're in what to do and what not to do from, from the people around you. Phenomenal. Dr. Nicholson, what a great career. I'm so, I, it's so interesting to me to learn more about the Levine family who helped to sponsor or, or donate to help Strengthen Levine Children's to go with Levine Cancer Center. Fascinating. I mean, the more that I, of course, spend time with Atrium, the more different pieces of the Atrium story that you learn, and just fantastic. And then what an amazing thing that you're doing on the children's health side. And thank you for joining us today to talk about it. And more importantly, thank you for what you do. Well, thank you, Scott. I really appreciate the, the chance to share our story uh, here at Levine Children's and for Atrium Health.